0: I appreciate, Pastor, that you have given me this opportunity. However, I think that he has chosen messages that are some of the most touchy and difficult. First one was on forgiveness, which complicates a lot of lives. And today it has to do with worry. None of us do that. So it's messages for somebody else, but we're recording it. So please tell your neighbors that this is a place to go to hear something about (laughs) worry which produces fear and all kinds of things that just destroy life life is not fun when you're afraid now the sermon on the mount includes that particular part of it is it very necessary that we understand at least how it works why it works why it's here and what to do when fear hit you, I am sure that there is not a person here, even to the smallest child, who has not experienced at some moment, and sometimes a lot of times, fear. Now I do want to preface this morning also that I, my heart goes out to those who suffer from chronic anxiety and depression, fears of every kind. I trust that what I share will help you and not hurt you. If you need some kind of things to help your body work correctly, your brain, and all of those things that are involved in in keeping you stable, I understand. But the Word has a lot to say about what to do and how to handle it. So I'm going to do what I can. Now, I understand I have to be a little bit uh, focused on the camera and not walk around too much, so I'll do my very best. It is not necessarily one of my habits of preaching. Uh, But anyway, I will do what I can. The scriptures are found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. It's rather lengthy, but I think it's important if we can really let it sink into our heart what Jesus is saying here. If you have a Bible or if you have a phone or any other way to look at it, I think it is also helpful. One of the things that they... Learn in school is, involvement helps you to remember. So, get out your phone, whatever you need, and read it with me. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Now one thing about Jesus, he always illustrated his message. He always told stories. And that is one of the important things. It it brings the, what we call abstract, the invisible to something that is tangible. It's so important. And that's why that your testimony is absolutely important to the gospel. People have got to see it in action. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? They can shorten it a bit. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown to the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? I guess I'm going to have to do some repenting before I finish. But anyway, so don't worry about these things, saying what will I eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is so relevant for today. I pray, God, that the Word will bring health and healing and strength and overcoming lives. Father, may the things that you intended for this Word to uh, produce, I ask, God, that it will be released today in all of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. One of the most repeated scriptures or words in the Bible has is the word fear. It repeated over and over and over, they say some over 350 times in the Bible, it deals with the subject of fear. So apparently it is something that really needs to be addressed. Uh, sometimes children at young age, they're afraid of the dark, they're afraid of the boogeyman, they're afraid of all of these kinds of things. And it starts very, very early. Sometimes even before a child is aware of things, their fears begin to uh, operate. And uh, you will notice that in the way they react, the way they cry, the way things happen to them. But uh, Jesus told his disciples over and over and over, don't be afraid. So apparently this is uh, something that uh, uh, needs to work in our own lives in a very special way. Fear will eat you alive. Now, Adam was the first one to develop or clone or make or whatever it's called the word. It was a four-letter word, and that's fear. He said in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, he said, I was afraid. Well, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. Notice something very important here about this hiding part of it. I was afraid because I was naked. This four-letter word fear came into operation. It came into being at that particular time. But one of the things that happened was that he he went and hid. One of the things that happened so many, many times is we try to hide What's going on and fear only continues to consume us. Now, did Adam think that God had never seen him naked? I mean, oh, God God can't see me like this. And so he went and hid to try to hide from God the things that were eating at him and working and and causing uh, this thing of fear to operate. Now, pastors leading uh, the staff and board through a book that uh, is very, very helpful by A.W. Tozer uh, that deals with this particular point. Up until the time of sin, Adam and Eve had everything they needed, period. Nothing. I mean, all they had to do was, thinking there was, God provided every single thing for them. After that, is when everything became hard, everything became difficult. And people today will even kill somebody else to get what Adam and Eve had without any problem whatsoever. It's just one of the things that causes us to want to uh, focus in on ourselves and let ourselves be the ones that are are so important. Now, I would started looking through the Internet to find out what fears are, and uh, there's a whole lot of them, if you've ever ever looked it up, it is amazing. Uh, There's one for you, uh, Raymond, Uh, it's called pantheraphobia, that's fear of (laughs) (laughs) mother-in-law, and she's sitting here today. (laughs) I was surprised. I mean, look at all this stuff. All this stuff that they do. They they have uh, and I am not going to pronounce all of these correctly, but acrophobia, the fear of heights, uh, the uh, aerophobia, fear of flying, algophobia, uh fear of pain, agoraphobia, fear of open spaces or crowds. When uh, we were living in Nicaragua, uh, we traveled sometimes in the jungles on mule Bank. I was eating supper one night in one of the places out there with family that entertained us, and after the meal they brought me a little baby monkey, and uh, they asked me if I wanted it, and I said, well, yeah, my kids would enjoy it. It was about probably three or four weeks old, and I said, well, you know, it's kind of young. They said, well, we didn't know that the mother was carrying the baby on her back when we shot her, and she is what we had for supper tonight. and." So I took the monkey home and uh, uh, named it Linus because he always carried his blanket. He always covered himself up. We kept him in a cage. And when I um, felt like he's just got to get out of here and and go, I, I would actually pick him up, take him out, set him on the grass, and he would turn around and run right back into his cage. Fear of open spaces that let me stay within my, area that i understand and what i feel safe in and don't want to get out anywhere beyond that uh, agoraphobia um, achimophobia the fear of needles and pointed objects uh, maxophobia, fear of riding in a car androphobia fear of men there's some chuckles out there. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, anginophobia, fear of angina or choking. Anthrophobia, fear of flowers. Uh, anthropophobia, fear of people or society. I mean, it just goes on and on of all the kinds of fears. They even have a f- fear of penis, but I'm not going to try to... Uh, uh, pronounce that one, but I mean when you look at it, fear is everything that can dominate life. It's just a massive amount of things, and I am not in any way criticizing anybody who has fear. I have one, well more than one probably, but that is claustrophobia. I have to be honest. I was working on some plumbing underneath a house and I got stuck on one of the floor joists. I could not go forward nor backward. The noise in the house was such that my banging on the floor with a tool did not help at all. And that's when I discovered that I was claustrophobic. (laughs) I did not like to be trapped. It was something that shocked me. I finally had to talk myself down, I mean literally, until my chest would shrink enough to where I could pull myself out. And see, what happens is these kinds of fears limit our life and how we control them and what happens because Jesus said, you know, tomorrow's going to have enough worries for itself. He already told us that. He said there's going to be more coming tomorrow. He said, so just handle today's and tomorrow's will take care of itself. But the major five, five major areas of fear are the fears of re, uh, that are related to animals, such as, well, even insects, spiders, dogs, all of these kinds of things. Fears related to natural environments, such as heights and thunder and darkness. Fears related to blood, injury or medical issues, injections, broken bones, falls. Fears related to specific situations, such as flying, uh, riding in an elevator, driving a car. Uh, There's so many others, but the others include like choking, and loud noises, and drowning. The list goes on and on. The thing of it is, is fear is present in our world. And you are not exempt. The devil is going to use it with every bit of finesse and ability and skill that he has developed over the uh, thousands of years that man has uh, inhabited this planet. Because he made it with Adam, and he's going to try it on you. So just re- realize, fear is going to hit you. At some point, things are going to happen. Now what we do, and how we address this, will be so important. We, we, we live with either fear, fear of failure, fear of success, we, we fear life, we fear sleeping, we fear waking up, uh, I mean it just goes on and on and on, uh, but... John tells us this, that uh, fear is the absence of love. If you look in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, perfect love casts out fear. Wow. Sounds kind of simple, doesn't it? <laughs> Just perfect love will throw fear right out the door. It's time to kick it to the street. It's not something that's just going to happen, but it's something that we must develop because fear will affect your relationship with people, your relationships in, in life, uh, and it causes people to even lose their ability to receive love or to give love because they're afraid something has happened. And I, I know that in this group, All kinds of things have happened to you. That's just a fact of life. There's been things that still you carry scars of things that happened, and to get even close to that happening again can begin to produce in your life. But this is where God has given to us such an authority over fear, and that is by the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But we see when we are spiritual, we desire spiritual things, and we look at spiritual things. But when we're carnal, we're, we're looking at all of these things here that are carnal, and the more that we look at the carnal things of life and let them, the more we uh, desire them. But, but now, some people will ask, well, isn't certain a kind of fear healthy? I'm going to say no. Concern is one thing, but fear is definitely not a good thing, and you need to be sure that we get, or that you get rid of it, that I get rid of it. Concern helps us to be diligent in what we're doing. If you're not concerned about your children, uh, then you will not take good care of them. If If you're not concerned about your job, you will arrive late, and you will... Um, tell the boss what to do instead of doing what you're told. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's part of it. Paul said, I, I have this this thing on me all the time. He said, besides all this, in Second in Corinthians 11:28, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. He carried it. He was wondering, you know, are they okay? Are they going to make it... Uh, Is uh, their life going to be something that is really going to bless the kingdom, or are they going to constantly be ones that are uh, falling away? Uh, It was interesting to me, uh, I was pulling into a parking space, and the lady had two or three children beside her, and they were kind of running a little bit, and immediately she reached out her arms and stopped them while I was pulling into the parking space. So I rolled down my window and I said, you know, it's really nice to see a mother's instinct kick into gear when there is a possibility of some kind of danger. Now that's a whole lot different than worry. And so when we are concerned, we do what is right, we do what we're supposed to do um, in in every circumstance. Uh, You know, I, I hear the word, the Good Samaritan, over and over and over again. The Bible does not call him good. The Bible just says he was a Samaritan. He did what was right. Okay? We call him good. You know, we sometimes label Christians. Oh, they're a good Christian. Mm, Come on. Either they're a Christian or they're not. It's not, you know, we don't have these levels of, well, they're going to get to live on in the basement level in heaven because they weren't really all that good. But the better ones they're going to get the penthouse and huh? I mean, I mean, all of this. Well, I mean, that thing is what 1500 miles high, isn't that what the, it is in, in the scriptures? I think it's 1500 miles wide and, and long. And what just, I mean, it's, it's an amazing, but we're not getting the penthouse because we were good. And so remember, just do what is right. But it all comes down to, do you really trust God? Now, worry denies the wisdom of God. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's a tough one to swallow once in a while. All the God's why, all the, the God, why, 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 all this kind of stuff. I don't understand why. The thing about God, you don't have to understand. You just have to trust. Is he able or isn't he? If he isn't, then you need to come back to Calvary for a little while. <laughs> and let, let the blood of Christ begin to wash away all of that, thing that causes you to worry because you are denying that God knows enough to do what's needed. Worry also denies the love of God. He doesn't care about me. If God really cared about me, I wouldn't be going through this. Sure, we've all struggled with moments when it was just really tough, the why knees. Have you ever, remember kids went through that stage? Why me? It's not right. (laughs) Man, I hear a lot of Christians that never got past the twos. They're still there. Why me? God, that's not fair. (laughs) Okay. Number three is, is word denies the power of God. Can God deliver me? Really, can he? I mean, is is he going to get me out of this lion's den or not? Are you panicking? Are you scared? Can God really come through? Is he able to do this kind of thing? This is where we have to come to the place where we either believe that God is and that he accomplishes his word down to the letter or we allow all of the things of life that Jesus was talking about, all of these pressures and worries and everything else, begin to rob us of a victorious, overcoming life. God did not intend that we would live with that constant, weighted down, I'm barely pulling through uh this moment. Now, when you are there, there are some things that we're going to deal with in just a little bit about how to become part of the, delivering, the deliverance process in your life. Uh, Jesus said, you know, the, the pagans, the godless, they, they worry about all of this their comfort, their entertainment. You know, I, I know Christians that talk more about the latest movie than they do about the latest miracle or the greatest thing that God has done. Come on. What is it that gets your motor going? Is it the latest technological advancement or something else that is um, useful? Yes, perhaps in some ways, but often we talk more about the latest restaurant that we just tried and how great it was. (laughs) Uh, Pastor, you should have preached this one. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to understand what, what is it that really, really makes our life really sparkle. What is it that wakes us up in the morning, excites us into a new day? If your focus is on earthly things, you'll want more and more and more and more and more and more and more. More of this, more of that, more of the other. But when it's spiritual things, we want more of the power of God, more of the presence of God, we want more of the way that the things that God uh, wants it to be, but we become like animals when all we focus our life on is what am I going to eat and what am I going to wear and how am I going to enjoy my free time and and things of this nature. Uh, the Queen of Sheba, when she visited Solomon and left, she said, "My goodness, I heard such massive, great things about him." But still, even I haven't, didn't receive or understand or know the half of what it was like. And Jesus said, you know, the birds are dressed better than Solomon was. And he had all kinds of gold and silks. And I mean, it must have been impressive. So when we begin to realize that when God, or when Jesus said, don't you realize that? You're worth a little bit more than a sparrow, and then they killed it. Uh, a sparrow sold for a farthing, I believe it was. Pastor, how much was a farthing back in those days? About a penny or so, you know. So you're worth more than a penny. <laughs> I feel feel better about that. What What he's saying is, aren't these things? If he notices that a sparrow f- fell to the earth, doesn't he notice what's going on in your life? We are worth far more than grass, flowers, and I know that ladies, you don't mind when your husband spends a few of those pennies to buy you a bouquet of flowers and bring it to the house. But what happens in about two or three days or a week at most if it's a good set? They're gone, they're gone. Everything just disappears. But Jesus was saying you're worth a whole lot more than this. And if we will begin to study the Word and find out what it's all about, one of the hardest things for me in life was to follow the instructions. Get some kind of a toy for the kids or something that need to be put together. You put the manual to one side and you begin to put it together, right? Oh, I know how to do this. I got this down. And you know, a three-legged chair just doesn't quite get it. <laughs> when you don't know what to do, read the manual. Find out what it is that God is saying. How can I overcome this challenge that I'm facing? This piece that has got to be put together. It's I don't know, I don't know exactly what it's supposed to look like. I see some pictures, but we have to go through the process and this is so important because there was a tremendous price paid for our salvation now my concept is and of course we have pastor here to clarify all the rest of it and straighten out anything that I say that's 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 not not right I in I, I'm wondering at least did Jesus really know that he was going to come back to life. He trusted God, but I want you to know that the devil pulled out everything he had to keep him down. There was war. and It was not an easy thing that Jesus was facing this on the confidence that God told him, I will bring you Wasn't this, oh, well, I'm going to crucify me. This is going to be a walk in the park. No. It was a battle that was being fought, and there are battles being fought. So don't get, let it get to you feeling, well, uh, I, I can't make it because I'm in a battle and I've got all of this going on. Trust that the God who said he would do it can and will do it at all times. The war is still on. The devil sure like to stop you. He'll stop you with your health, he'll stop you with your worry, he'll stop you with your panic, he'll stop you with anything he possibly can. He'll cause your eye to get distracted onto this thing or that thing. Um, Have you ever noticed how many accidents happen on the highway because people got distracted? Uh, It's okay to put, No, my wife's not here right now. It's okay to put your cell phone away. She's on to me all the time. Not while you're driving, put that cell phone down. <laughs> you ever get a, a call or a text message while you're driving and you think, I got to answer this?
1: Hmm?
0: No. I know all of you are, are just, no, you don't do that. That's just, just me that does that. But this is what happens in life. Suddenly, little things begin to distract us, and before we know it, we're in a massive, huge pileup because we weren't paying attention. To where we were going. Don't get distracted by the things of the world. This is what Jesus was talking about. Uh, when you don't know what to do, just read the manual. There was a, a rich man that died and left everything to us, and that was Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of the story of a, a wealthy landowner. He had one son. Uh, and of course was very special to him, but the man also had a gardener who loved that son, just took him under his wing and did all kinds of things with him, but when the son reached into his teens something happened and he died. This gardener loved that boy so much that in his inept and non-artistic way painted a portrait of the son and gave it to the landowner, the boy's father. The boy's father was so touched that he hung it on the wall in a very prominent place in his big house. The landowner passed away, and uh, of course all the relatives and everybody came in for the reading of the will. What am I going to get? What am I going to get? And uh, the first thing that the lawyer said, well, first of all, we, we need to do something about this picture on the wall. Does anybody want it? "Ah, No, that's not a work of art. That's a disgrace and why dad even let it be in the house. I don't understand why that he placed so much importance on that picture. Finally, the gardener in the back who was there because it was his boss said, I'll take the picture. And uh, went and took it off the wall and the lawyer said, okay, we're finished, everybody can go home. They said, what? What's going on? I mean, where's where's our part? Well, the Father had written on the back of the picture, whoever takes the Son takes it all. That's the way it is. Either we take the Son and we get it all, or we get left out. So is God, through Jesus Christ, able to do all of these kinds of things that he has promised that he would do? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Wow. God's looking at you and saying, oh boy, oh boy, I get him, I get him, I get him. This is my part. And we're looking at God and saying, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. What I get in return is incredible. Matthew six twenty-seven. can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Dr. Charles Mayo from Mayo Clinic says, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. Believe it or not, a lot of ailments, a massive amount of ailments in our bodies are simply because of worry and fear. Worry cannot add a day to your life, but it can sure shorten it. So be careful. Proverbs says in 1225 says, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. We have to begin to change even our vocabulary away from what Adam was saying. I was afraid, so I went and hid. Oh, I am a child of God. And we know that God has given to us opportunity after opportunity to be able to uh, live strong and overcoming lives. Matthew 13, 22, the seed that fell among the thorns represented those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by uh, the worries of this life. And the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. it hinders our ability to receive God's word. Now you can. now, I think everybody here's got the app, uh, you've heard about it. Uh, you can listen to pastor sermons for how many weeks is on there? It's go way back anyway. I mean, you can listen day after day, after day after day, to pastor's sermons. You can read all the greatest books that have been written about living the Christian life, but if you are filled with worry, it won't profit you anything. You're just going through the process. You remember, uh, we understand now what Charlie Brown's teacher was trying to say with everybody wearing masks. And we do have guests here from Mexico, and for your safety, They are wearing their mask today to protect you. They feel they're okay. And I appreciate the fact that they are masked up and thank you, because they do come from a country that has a lot of problem with the COVID. And we're so glad to have you. All these people that, three that we met for the first time and two that are friends from, well, a few years ago, a lot of them. Erica, God bless you. It's glad that you're here. Uh, the thing that, that is, is so important is that we do not let the worries of this life uh, drown us out. Uh, and we do not let the opportunities that God has given to us to be able to grow be stopped because we are constantly afraid. Now how did you I'm not going to ask anybody in particular, but how did you win the affections of the person you are married to. Think about it. Well, one of the first things that you did, you found out what made them happy, right? Things that they enjoy, the kinds of food they like to eat, their favorite color, the things they were interested in. Am I right, or? I guess we don't have any romantics here. Uh, that was how it, it starts. You begin to find out what, what is it that makes this person tick? And this is what causes it to draw together. Well, this is, this is what is so important in our life, is what we begin to allow happen in, in, in our life is the things that will begin to motivate us to find out what makes God happy. Okay, what does God like? What does God want? What, what, what are the things that God says, oh, boy, they really did a great job of that. Have you ever heard God tell you that? Man, I'm so proud of you. That was super. The way you just walked into a tough situation and you kicked the devil out when you began to witness to the people that were not really all that interested. Uh, but we have to replace in our life The things that sin is trying to destroy. Of course, all of this is the pursuit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the uh, love, joy, peace, patience, mercy. All of this. Uh, In the Old Testament, when they were neglecting things, when they neglected tithing, all things began to start happening. Blump, 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 downhill. Honoring the day of the Lord, they quit going to congregate. Jesus said be sure you congregate as often as you can. Get together, have the Word, study the Word. And when they began to do all of that, uh, they quit caring for the poor and the widows. Uh, Isaiah tells it real clearly here in in chapter 58, verses 6 through 8. This is the kind of fasting or life I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. And give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then, then, your salvation will come like the dawn. And your wounds, the physical, emotional or however they got there your wounds will quickly heal your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind Bible says I'll I'll be with you when you go out I'll be with you when you come in I'll bless you when you're on the way practice looking in your rearview mirror and look at this little guy called blessing just even for all these words, chasing you down the street. God said, I will overtake you when you're on your way, and I will bless you while you go. I'll bless you when you come back home. I will constantly be blessing, but begin to do that which is right. This will go back to the Good Samaritan. He did what was right. was there, was a need, he met it, he took care of it, and God has given to us the story to help us remember. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what you're going to do, what you're going to wear, where you're going to, no, oh, wait a minute, Sorry. <laughs> well, on, on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you have learned and receive from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Isaiah 26, three, you will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. We need to focus on God's grace for today. For the Lord in Zephaniah, for the Lord your God is living among you. He's a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful song. You unravel me with a melody.
1: You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave. To fear, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God, and from my chains I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me, and like a flood his mercy rains. Unending love, amazing grace, oh how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me Oh, I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind But now I see So I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I'm no longer fear. I am a child of God.
0: I recognize that in a group this size, there are battles being fought. And I don't want you to fight them alone. That's why God made the church bear one another's burdens. I would always tell people, congregations, stay when God puts somebody in your life who needs help, you stay with them until the pain goes away. It's not God bless you. Sorry you're going through it. I'll remember to pray for you. And we walk away. Samaritan picked him up and all the things that were necessary. And this is why I believe that we need to pray one for another. And I know we had prayer time, but if you're battling something and you really would like to have somebody pray with you, no matter whether it's sickness, whether it's finance, marriage, fear, doubt, it doesn't really matter to God at all. I'd like you to just stand where you are. Really are facing something that you could sure use somebody to come up beside you and pray with you.